Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for hours and hours I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Ghost of Christmas Past comes back to haunt his former side, but it turns out that Leon Best hadn't quite learned his lines. So, very good evening to you, and welcome to Chat Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes, and joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to look back at yesterday's 2 0 defeat. Uh, on the road at Blackburn Rovers is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I've just thought of another one. Thought but another it, one. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's never stopped us before. No, sure more on that later. Yeah, you, you'll hear what uh, Tom's terrible idea is later. Did you get back all right from Blackburn? Yeah, my journey was fine. Yeah, yeah got, got in just in time for match of the day. Match of the day. Which was good. Yeah, yeah. I just about got in time for the repeat for the, <laughs> yeah, the this, this morning. morning. Yeah. Uh, joining myself and Tom here in the studio, still reeling from his uh, shoulder massage from Gary Nelson at the Back to the Valley <laughs> Dinner, Mr. Mark Newby. How do you, Mark? I've just about got over it. Yeah. So early Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. I'll be, well, have you not washed that back since? No, I haven't <coughs> washed it. You know, it's, it's well, it goes on with my shrine to Gary Nelson. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Mark got uh, massaged by Gary Nelson at the Back to the Valley dinner last week, and he had a bloody good time whilst it was happening as well. Uh, so on tonight's show, we are going to look back at yesterday's two-nil defeat up at Blackburn Rovers. We're going to hear, of course, from the manager. 
Carl Robinson. Uh, we want to hear from you guys as well on the game. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. We're going to focus, our player in focus this evening is Mr. Josh McGinnis. He's got one goal in 13 games now. Uh, he's having a little wobble, I think. I just want to know if you guys can sort of put your finger on, on why that is. So if you scroll down our Twitter timeline, you'll find the tweet asking for your opinions on Josh McGinnis. He's our player in focus this week, if you could let us know. Also, in the second half of the show, uh, you'll be hearing Tom's terrible ideas uh, as we as we look to put together a Charlton Christmas 11. Uh, at about quarter past seven, I'll tweet out what we've got so far. I've got a couple of them. Uh, basically, the idea is we want to hear your Charlton players who are sort of have Christmassy names or, or somehow change to a Christmas name, some sort of punnage, that sort of stuff. And we also want to know, because it is that time of year, what do you want from Santa Claus Jensen this year? We do it every year. Uh, what would be your perfect Charlton-related gift from Santa Claus Jensen this year? So if you want to get in touch on any of those things, like I say, studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the email. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum, uh, and there's a thread on there for tonight's show. But just briefly, before we hear the highlights, Mr. Wanning, you were there yesterday, you made the trek uh, up to the northwest uh, along with 367 other Charlton fans, uh, and we've come away pointless, mm. but I don't think we were disgraced. No, not at all. Um, in danger of coming overall Carol Fry, I thought we were quite good. Um, <laughs> The first half was a bit drab from both teams. They obviously got the lucky goal. I thought second half we absolutely battered them. Um, they caught us on the counter, and yeah, they had one six five in a row before that. I think I don't I don't really know how. Although my mate who I went with was a Blackburn fan said, you know, "We haven't played like that the last five games. We've been pretty mm. good." Um, so I think we caught them on an off day. What's frustrating is we obviously still end up losing the game despite all that. Um, but yeah, there were signs there that things aren't as bad as some people are making out, I think. Mm, yeah, I mean, the important thing about yesterday was at least, you know, the Portsmouth <coughs> uh, performance last week on the Back mm. of the Valley day where we, we weren't creating chances. At least yesterday, we, we, we were creating some chances. I mean, we, we go back to the problem from a couple of weeks before where we're creating but not taking. But mm. there was certainly some, some positives to take from yesterday. But it is now just one league win out of six and our cushion in the playoffs which at one point recently was 8 points is now just goal difference goal scored I think although we do still have a game in hand so you know uh, the not the result we were looking for and time perhaps to, to start getting slightly worried as we've still got this, this little injury crisis and we'll talk about that more but let's have a listen anyway to the highlights from yesterday's game from Value Pass brought to you by Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley up towards McGuinness it finds him via a deflection gives it to Reeves Reeves back to McGuinness as Charlton attack here. right on side he goes for the shot but uh, might have been served better to go to Billy Clark on his right hand side took the shot on wide left hand side and the goal kick yeah, an out ball Mark Marshall still on the line ball down the line looking for Aribo gets there ahead of Smallwood Aribo again looking for options Marshall gives him one of those options it's very tight down here on the line so De Silva as an option behind, then finds a Rebo, lovely back heel into uh, Reeves, lovely touch into De Silva, finds Sir Clark. Oh, so much time. Snatches at his shot and it sails over the bar comfortably over as well into the back of the Ronnie Clayton. Yeah, Clark is now Ronnie. receiving treatment again and Leon Best is being warmed up and ready to come on and you can hear the boost from his former home supporters. Well, well, I don't know actually if it's Leon Best to be fair, it could be, be why he's getting for Clark. I did wonder. Is it Leon Best coming on? Yes, it is, yeah. Best, yeah. Charlton may be opting for a formation change well, if not McGuinness will, McGuinness will operate on the right I suppose well, Marshall's gone over to the right for the time being and the boo's well, off for Leon Best even better reception right. you know the script now Leon you know what to do Mulgrew will be over the free kick for Blackmores the former Celtic man decent set piece take and he'll look to get this one into the box there's a few 
physical players for Blackburn in that penalty area, Samuel Antonsen. Downing, Evans being another. There's Mulgrew of the left-footed delivery. It's a decent one, it's flicked, goal bound, and it's an own goal. Ah, uh, is that McGuinness? And I think it's come off Leon Best. It's the best. We need to see again, it's a lovely ball in from Mulgrew. It should have been diverted goal bound by Charlton Head. We'll get confirmation in a minute. And it's net nettled into the Charlton left-hand side. I give it to Mulgrew, but it's definitely a Charlton to, Head. How can I give that to Mulgrew? I definite think it's come goal. off Leon Best, but... Definite own goal, but I just couldn't tell whether it was Best or McGuinness. So I, can't, I couldn't tell. It's a hammer blow for Charlton. For the second consecutive week, they go a goal down from their own doing. One of their own strikers. In the corner for Blackburn whips it in. It's a good delivery. It's flicked on, and it oh. should have been two. Terrible defending from Charlton at the near post. Conway Williams flicks it on. That. And I think you're right, it was Williams who just flashed at it. And goes wide, but Charlton defending set piece, they just can't do it at the moment. Kasky is the man with it, looks at the long diagonal That's towards fine, Best. The best does well to outbeat his man. He's got Marshall, he's got Reese in the middle, oh, Reese's shot is poor, and is saved by Rea, who guessed where Reese was going and dived oh. to his left. What a chance to Charlton, and why Ben Reese didn't put more power in it, I don't know. Glorious opportunity. I was just about to say, oh, Best is far too isolated for that ball towards him. He did superbly well. And there is a half-time whistle. It was Marshall cut inside onto his left foot, and it's a good tackle from Williams, but it comes back out to Solly. Solly, his left foot, a little reverse ball, finds Reese. Reese onto his left foot. We're going for a goal, good save. Rebound from Best, oh, he's, he's offside and missed anyway, I think. Raya made the save, but what a save that was to deny Ben Reeves. It looked goal-bound towards that far post, and Raya dived down to his right and tipped it, it away. I think it might have taken a deflection as well, but what worked from... Uh, he said he had a bit of space to work himself into, but he has won the corner for Charlton, which forced Kasky takes towards the far post. And it's flicked, goal-bound, and it's in oh. the six-yard box and cleared away. Conza flicked it forward, and Reeves tries to get it back under control, but can see the goal kick. Conza won the header. Put it into a, such a dangerous area, no one attacked it in the middle of the six yard box. I mean, the ball just dropped in the middle of the six yard box. doesn't look comfortable from set pieces. Uh, Aribo gets the header back in, cleared away this time by Smallwood, up towards Dak. This time he gets it under control. That was Graham and then uh, releases via Tomlinson. Conway down the right hand side, he's into the penalty area. Conway takes a shot across the goal and just wide of the right hand post and out for a goal kick. When Blackburn nearly picked us off on the break. Literally the, the only chance they've had this second half, really, Terry. Conza and then Aribo picks it up in the centre circle in the Blackburn half. Chip ball down the line, looking for De Silva. Ball into the box, but controlled by Best. It'll drop to Foster Cassie, takes a shot, too comfortable. And down to his uh, left-hand side, drops Raya to... Snack, uh, get the ball into his arms without any real pressure. It was, it was a difficult chance for Force yeah, was. Kasky, wasn't it? Especially for left footy. It, it bounced up and he did well to get it on target. Well, free kick comes away from Amos up towards Best. Will he get there first? And he's just blocked away a little bit. And it's headed clear by Mulgrew. It'll drop to Aribo. Aribo's got uh, uh, no, superb work from Joe Aribo. He's beaten three work. players. He's still on it, Joe Aribo. He's out to his left. It's Ben Reeves into the penalty area. Reeves chip ball back across. Best is there. Heads it. Oh, and it's a wrong that's choice. A what a waste. Heads it over the bar. I don't know whether he got a call from McCarlin or not, but Carlin O'Grant was behind him in a much better position. Didn't allow it to drop. Complaining about. Pierce has had a really good game yeah, for yes, John. Yeah, absolutely. Pierce, Aribo, De Silva, Conza. I think there's been some good performances out there, but just unfortunately, where it matters, in front of goal, 
if that hasn't been Charlton's date best trying to steer it into Colin uh, and Grant I'm not sure why or how but uh, Pierce underneath it and he's just overcooked that slightly it's dropped to Nuttall and nice shoot here Pierce back on him that's great defending Jason Pierce but Nuttall still on it chips the ball back across to Graham oh, that's cruel really cruel finish to the game and uh, our Charlton have succumbed to that goal I have no idea it started really with the slightly sloppy flick on from Best looking for a Hearn Grant it dropped straight to Blackburn who levered it up in the air Jason Pierce underneath it just un overcooked him running towards it headed it up in the air to Nuttall uh, it looked like Jason Pierce had got back at him and the ball ran really kindly for Nuttall who chipped it back across and Graham not quite an empty net because Conza was back there but he couldn't keep it out and Blackburn have finished the game off and the referee blows time and uh, And uh, the well, there you go, I sir. don't know quite as well. The Blackburn fan just in front of us said hard game second half, and that may be fair. So there we go. The uh, the highlights from yesterday's defeat up at Ewood Park, and uh, you know that second half. I think in terms of you know we we I felt like we dominated possession and territory in that second half, and we hadn't pinned back for the majority of it. It's just couldn't quite make make all that all that play count, and that's. The, the problem I guess <laughs> yeah it's the big concern it's um for a while I think uh, as a Charlton fan I don't know it might be true historically going back years and years and years but when we come up against a big team I always you know I always see us as an underdog and so we're going to someone like Blackburn who've obviously won five games in a row and even though we are sixth and we're up in that promotion hunt as well I'm kind of seeing us as an underdog and we're going to be looking to break on the counter and they're going to be the team in possession and in control of the game and that's how I kind of expected the game to go and actually it didn't and the first half was I would say pretty 50-50 I haven't seen the stats but that second half we were all over them uh, and the possession that time must have been must have been what 75% in our favour um, but as you say it was it lacked very little end product and I know we're going to come on to McGuinness in more detail later but I, I don't hold him uh, certainly not on his own responsible for that um, I thought Reeves was brilliant yesterday Marshall not so much um, and we were getting around the box and it's something we've said for well certainly since I've been on the show I've said pretty much at least a f two or three times every season we get to the edge of the box and we can't do anything with the ball and mm. it was the same yesterday yeah now I guess if you take take yesterday's result in uh, in context of the season, Mark. I mean, I mean, you weren't there. You weren't there, of no. course. So you, so you don't. So you're not. You're not. You probably don't have quite the positivity that those of us who saw the second half and thought, mm. we, we, you know, we're, we're taking the game to them. But if you put it in context of the just the pure result, you know, that's one win in six now, and the, the wheels certainly have come off a little bit at the moment. Well, I thought the interesting thing is for Tony Mowbray's interview after the game, where he admitted he changed their setup to balance against us. You've got to think a team which has just won five in a row is going to be flying and he's changed that to counterbalance our strengths so they are looking at us and thinking you know we can be as dangerous you know to them as they can to us is it is, is it a blip i mean if you look at where we were this time last season we were what 14th 15th something like that and it well, it wasn't good wasn't positive carl had just come in and there was a lot of negativity around the football we were playing was pretty awful and we are playing some some good stuff but it is it does seem to be you don't know why they're nervous I mean when you, when you were a kid at school any time you had a, sh a sight of goal you had a crack you didn't think oh I've got to pass it to someone better 
you had a crack and too often a lot of our players especially with midfielders you're thinking you know drop your shoulder and have a crack if it goes in a stand it goes in a stand but you know you're having a go yeah you know it's it's a safe option and that's the frustration for me when I watch us so well, I mean, a I'd, couple of times yesterday as well. Yeah, I mean, Freddie's just what you're doing. In fact, saying uh, possession does not win football, lads, and obviously we know that. But if you look at the, you know, I think I think what we're trying to say is like if you if you look at yesterday's performance, and now you know we're not. I mean, if you the, the Portsmouth performance the week before, I mean, we we were poor. We we did nothing with the ball yesterday. Was you know in terms of territory as well, we had them pinned back in their half. We did create some chances. So mm. it's, we, we're trying to find some sort of positives. I mean, we, we know we've lost him. We are trying to find some sort of positives. We're trying not to be too downhearted yeah. after a performance where we know you know we know we're in a bad run of form, but there were signs yesterday that we're not completely on the floor at the moment. There were signs yesterday that we might try and turn the corner if we if we can start taking those chances which we created again. Definitely. And I'm a pretty optimistic fan I, and we've had the conversation on the Thursday shows I'm I'm looking up the table Nafe not so much he's he's looking down but I'm also trying to put things in context and and as uh, Mark just said then where were we this time last season where were we this time the season before that you know we were in a relegation scrap in the championship we then had a terrible season really in league 1 and this this is a lot better is it brilliant no is it what I want a Charlton team to be no because when I started supporting we were winning the the playoff final at Wembley and coming into the Premier League so We've come a long way from that, but realistically, given what Carl is working with, given the summer signings that he he wasn't able to get, and given the size of clubs like Blackburn and Wigan who have spent more money, uh, and you know Wigan blew us apart, it it is okay. I, I understand where those fans are coming from. If I hadn't gone up to the game yesterday and I'd seen a two nil loss, in the same way that my Blackburn mate, if he'd have seen that they'd just won another game, he'd have gone, well, that's in keeping with the last five games that they've won. I would have been frustrated, but having actually seen the performance, we worked hard and we we create we did create up until that that final final moment. And for some fans, that's not enough, and I and I completely appreciate that. But there were a lot of people saying that there was no heart, there was no desire. The, the players are too big for their boots; they're not they don't care. And I I just don't agree with that because I saw players that were really working hard to try and get a goal. And as Mark says, they just don't take the final shot they're just a bit nervous at that final stage mm. uh, yeah in, in a way weirdly it's nice that we've gone back to the problem we had two weeks ago rather than the problem yeah. we had last week where we weren't we weren't creating chances now uh, obviously the big news before the game was uh, the uh, ever extending injury list was further extended uh, in the form of Ricky Holmes just a quad injury I mean at this time we don't know exactly how serious it was, I was the, the impression I was getting was it's not that serious but I don't really know how, how these things because uh, so, uh, you, you may have noticed I am not a doctor but um, I mean in, just in terms of an injury crisis now I mean we, we sort of say I remember saying you know thinking at the start of the season you know, we, we, we put, we're putting together a bit of a squad here we pick a couple of positions where you know we, we're obviously short in striker and possibly in defensive midfielder as well although Aribo's, Aribo's done quite well uh, coming back in but um, just the, the amount of injuries we're getting now whereas you know, your squad's going to be tested to the full, and, and Ricky Holmes being out, and now Billy Clark as well after yesterday's game, just to add to the problems we've got already with the likes of Fosu and Patrick Bauer, uh, and I'm sure there's plenty of others as well that I can't even think of the top of my head. I mean, that's, a, that's the last thing we need, especially going into this busy Christmas period. True, but I think it can also be a, a double edged sword because someone can come in and try and grasp the opportunity and play the extra 5%, 10%, you know, better. I mean, he said Fosu wasn't expected to start this season. He was going to go with Marshall. Um, Fosu said, right, you know what? While, while Marshall's out, I'm going to show you how valuable I am to the team. Mm. Um, no Ricky Holmes, possibly they thought, 
you know, on a on a cloggy pitch at Blackburn, it's a big old pitch. If he is suffering, I'd I'd rather they sensibly said, right, we're not going to take you or risk you. You know, give you another week. You know, we've we've got a lot of games coming up, and you know, it's, the fixture isn't too bad apart from Wigan. You know, it's, you know, Southend, Gillingham, Blackpool. I don't think they're unwinnable games. I mean, even with you know a depleted squad, we've still got some decent players there. Yeah. I mean, I was confused because I saw the team. Yesterday um, afternoon, and Pierce coming in to replace Saar, so it was either was a knock or tactical. And I'm thinking, I, I couldn't understand dropping Nabby. To be quite honest, I don't think he's done enough just to go right back on the bench because he's, he's a year or two old, two older than um, Esri. So you can't say we well, protect the young guy. If you're going to play Pierce, why not play him against Nabs? Nabs is a big old unit, which gives us you know more chances at corners, set pieces. So more so than I'd say than Conza does. So mm. I don't, I didn't understand dropping him. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, because Pearce did come straight back into the team. Tom, I mean, what, what did you make of his performance yesterday? Bearing in mind he's what since since he's uh, been out, he's had what forty five minutes of uh, of checker trade football, which was as we all know doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, th- <laughs> it does. But <laughs> I thought he he was solid, and as we'll talk about the game, you know, the the first goal. No one's going to mark your own player, although maybe we should start to do that given the last <laughs> couple of games. And the second goal there on the break when we've obviously bombing on to try and get an equaliser. So I thought the whole back four was solid. I agree with Mark to a certain extent that I was surprised it was Saar that got dropped. I understand why you bring why you bring Pierce back because I think having one central defender that's got a bit of flair about them and one that's a bit more robust is the right thing to do. Um, Konza played fine yesterday, but I think Saar has played well in recent games, so... I suppose it was 50-50 for, for Carl which one he picked but yeah I thought the, the back four did fine I thought Jay De Silva was one of our better attacking players again um, and don't he's maybe been off the boil a bit recently but most of the team have but I thought he was very good yesterday um, and yeah I thought the back two held you know Samuel threw himself down a fair few times but Bradley Dack up there has obviously got a lot of goals at, at this uh, so far this season I thought we Kept him very, very quiet. Yeah, in a similar way to we did last week for um, is it Pittman for Portsmouth? Yeah, Pittman. Yeah, it was weird. That was weird, really, because he found himself getting into positions a lot, but just under a bit of pressure every time he got. Every time he tried to sneak in mm. and, and get across, there was a defender sort of near there to put him which, off, and which I put down to their credit. Yeah, so a couple of times in that first half, he tried to find a cross and, and was blocked out. I mean, in, in in the opening thirty seconds or so, well, in the opening minute, we saw McGuinness go for goal from about thirty yards, where perhaps we had a, a, a player better placed on the right hand side. I think in in the form of Billy Clark. I mean, do you think that was a little bit of he, he certainly feels like he's got a point to prove at the moment. I think so, yeah. And I think he just saw that little bit of space open up in front of him and thought this would be a nice start to the game. Um, as it was, we obviously saw the Clark chance a few minutes later and probably worth McGuinness shooting at that point because Clark's effort was even worse. <laughs> but um, yeah, it would have been a nice start. Um, and yeah, I think he does... He, he's obviously as frustrated as fans are at the moment that it's not quite going his way, I'm sure, because... As a striker, all you want to do is is to score those goals, and he's not done that for a little while now. Mm. Uh, you mentioned that that chance from Clark. There was a really nice move coming down mm. uh, the left hand side, and quite a few Charlton players involved in. I think De Silva and, and uh, Marshall and Rees were all involved in in setting up uh, Clark on the edge of the box, and it was a hopeless shot in mm. the end. But you know, it's, it's moments like that where we are looking again. We've gone to a team away from home where it's going to be difficult to, to, to play it through. And the fact that we, we are stringing a couple of moves together is just something to, to cling on to at this moment in time. Yeah, and again, it goes back to what Mark said about the players being a bit nervous because you heard Greg in the commentary say he had a lot of time there and he could have taken a touch and got the ball out from under his feet and had a shot, but instead he, he sna- hit a snapshot, he was leaning back and it went almost into the upper tier of that stand. But 
Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know if it's right to be clutching on those little positives. As I say, I am a fairly optimistic fan in general, and it's not it's not brilliant, but we are still creating chances. And as we say, compared to Portsmouth, that's that's obviously encouraging. We just need to get one in the back of the net, and we we seem to have been saying this for the last three or four years that we go through mm-hmm. these spells, and we just want want a goal to go in off anywhere you know we had Mackinock a couple of years ago we were saying the same thing about him when he was here same problems last year and, it, and it's happening again and yes we're higher up the league and we're in a better position in general but it just makes January even more crucial now because we need something to come in and, and liven all the boys up and and kind of get us out of this blip. Uh, the the last thing we needed really after especially after we knew beforehand that Ricky Owens was injured was, was another player to, to get on that injury list and a player who while he's been out, I think we we've missed Billy Clark, and I think uh, you know a, a lot of play, a lot of people were raving about him at the start of the season. How he, you know, in that number ten role, can link the play up between between the midfield and the striker, or, or bring other players into play. And I guess, um, Mark, have you know, have you noticed that Clark's been a bit of a miss since he's been out, and now we're going to have to go about him again, and it does sound like a serious injury. Yeah, I, I liked him, you know, and I, I thought it would be interesting to say how he'd be able to play alongside with Reeves, mm. but I thought they they did a good job in the cup game. Um, He'll be a miss because he's got a bit more of a, what we call the old football brain, I think. Mm. Mm. And also, also he, he's he's not afraid to stand up to people. He'll try and who's the goalkeeper last week, the Portsmouth keeper. I can't remember. And yeah. he'd gone down, and Clark was straight over trying to lift him up and saying, "You know, get up, you big Jesse." And he was mm-hmm. like, "And we don't have enough of those type of players." So, and I say because he's a footballing, got a football brain bit more clever he doesn't have to run everywhere he just runs to the right places so I think he'll be a, a big miss if it's going to be a couple of months so, yeah. sounds, sounds like it is that certainly well. sounds like what it is so um, the, the injury meant that Leon Best was going to come on which pushed um, McGuinness out to the wing uh, Leon Best of course he was getting roundly booed by the, the Blackburn Rovers fans when he came on uh, I think I, I looked up his stats he seemed to go to Blackburn for around £3 million according to this, the soccer base and, uh, and scored twice uh, so he roundly booed when he came on, but those boos do, uh, soon turned to cheers and, and say, chance, of up, Le- chance of Leon Best who scores when he wants when he, he planted a firm header uh, beyond Ben Amos. That's mm. not what he wanted to see. Yeah, hugely frustrating and obviously coming off the back of last week as well. Um, I don't think, uh, Carl said after the game something about, yeah, but our players are getting there first. I disagree with that with the Portsmouth one because it bobbled all the way through the area before it hit him. But this one was a bit more a bit more freaky because... Leon Best wasn't really picking anyone up. He was kind of in the hole between players. So it seemed fairly routine. I don't know if his sight of the ball was was hidden by someone in front of him or what it was, but he, he seemed to have enough time to control the header, but stuck it right into the top corner. It was a, another brilliant finish <laughs> yeah. and one that Amos could do nothing about. And as you say, then we find ourselves 1-0 down. And Mulgrew, again, going back to my, my Blackburn mate, I think Mulgrew's their second top scorer or something, despite being centre-back and... I know he's on free kicks and penalties and obviously comes up for corners so when they had that free kick I was nervous already but I didn't think it was going to be one of our players scoring again. Well, I'm not surprised he's their second top uh, goal scorer if, uh, if, if it's credited, well, credited for goals like that. <laughs> yeah, the stadium, in the stadium said he scores like that. No, come on! I mean, uh, originally I, I could. I, my initial thought was that's come off Leon Best's head. Then some of the journalists around me were all sort of saying, "Oh, I think that might have been Josh McGuinness." So that put a little bit of doubt in my mind, but 
uh, tweeted the, uh, some some people in the away end and, and was 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 certain mm. it was Leon Best, which obviously denies uh, Josh McGuinness two and two, yeah, which is uh, frustrating for him. Yeah, a, a record any strike would be envious of. Uh, it's, it's only a few minutes later that it should have been two 0 when Williams sort of missed from a yard out when it, when a, a corner was was flicked on, but. Uh, other than that, I mean, in terms of their, their their first two or three chances in that first half, that was it for them. And we started, we we, we did take maybe a little while to react to it. I think McGuinness had a, a header from a corner at the far post, which was, was never really going to trouble the goalkeeper. He was under a bit of pressure. Uh, and then we saw that huge chance just before the break. The, the break. And I think in in terms of if you had to pick a player on the field for it to fall to, I mean, I don't think Ben Reeves would have been too far down in this mm. because he's got a decent goal record for us already this season. I think, I think he'd scored four before... You know, obviously, it includes games in in the checker trade in the FA Cup and whatnot, but it's still four goals, and you know, you'd fancy him to to have put that away. Yeah, he's he's got a very calm finish um, in in those other games, and I thought he was brilliant yesterday. He was one of our best players, um, and you're right when it fell to him. From the end, we were. I was just saying to you off air, it it looked like it was even easier to score than than it actually turned out to be. But even having now seen the highlights, he should be scoring and. The keeper, uh, is it Raya or something, goes down yeah. so early, and it basically it looks like he's got the rest of the goal to aim for. But Reeves has already decided he's going to hit it that way as well, and it's it's fluky yeah. therefore that the keeper saves it. But yeah, he didn't really do do a lot wrong in terms of he kept his composure. He didn't try and smash it and, and blast it over the bar or anything. He did everything right. It's just yeah. just the wrong part but, of the goal. Yeah, it seemed to me. I don't know if you saw the highlight, Mark, but uh, the, the goalkeeper guessed. I think yeah. I, I think he knew I'm, if I'm going to yeah. save this at all, I'm going to just have to go down and hope that he hits it that way. And Reeves just didn't quite at that moment have the quite the composure to put it in the other side. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I've, I haven't seen. The, I don't think we've seen the best of Reeves yet. I mean, the only thing about it's a stop start, isn't it? it is. He knows he's going to be one of Carl's favourite players, but only for the relationship they had previously. Yeah. Um, so whether he knows he doesn't have to play that badly or that well because Carl's going to put him in as a, as a, as a favourite kind of thing anyway. I'm not saying that's why he missed it. Yeah, you're right. You, after you've seen, I've seen him score some really good goals and good finishes. And this one, I say, yeah, he had ninety-five percent of a goal to aim at, and yeah. he hit the keeper. And so, it's gonna ha- it's gonna happen. But I, I'm not a great. He's got to he's got to persuade me he's good enough so far, and he and he hasn't done. I think he's got to do that with a lot of fans. But as I say, having seen his performance yesterday, I think he was a lot better. Um, I, for one, when he first came in, I like you. I thought, given how hard Clark works and the tracking back he does and everything he does off the ball I thought it's going to be tough for Reeves to, to take that place because he's a bit more okay he's a bit more graceful and can maybe pick a pass but Charlton historically are built on players that come in and do all the hard work but actually yesterday I thought he was finding pockets of space particularly in that second half all the time mm. and he was turning players and he was quick and he rarely lost the ball it was just again down to that very final ball that that continually let us down. And we saw it five minutes into that into that second half. I think for the first three or four minutes, I mean Blackburn won a couple of corners, mm. but then other than that, I mean it was all Charlton. Really was all Charlton, and uh, uh, and, and we saw pr- probably our you know the, the the closest we came to scoring other than that Reeves chance in the first half, where where he had the ball in the corner of, of the of the penalty area, hit a hit a low left foot curler. Uh, and for all the world, I thought it was in, and, and we, we spoke to Ben after, and you'll, you'll see that in uh, not Hatton Ben after that was uh, Ben Reeves <laughs> after the game, and uh, you'll see that in the South London Press website tomorrow. But I mean, he, he was convinced he thought he'd scored as well. He'd, he'd already run off celebrating, and uh, it was a great save. I mean, best uh, missed the rebound, but he was offside anyway. Yeah, it was a brilliant shot, and and as I say, that was another example. You know, 
we've talked and Mark was saying earlier about how the players get to the edge of the box and they don't take that touch find a bit of space and snapshot and that was really the one time that we did do that and I thought he had gone in as well um, it was a brilliant save by the keeper and I think him and Best didn't realise he was offside and it was a brilliant then second save from him as well um, but yeah when, when that happens you know if that happens down at the valley five minutes into a second half you just get that sense that the goal's coming and, and the north end uh, north upper and, and that crowd get louder and you know, we probably then have a succession of corners and you feel like the goal's coming. And even up there, I thought their fans were relatively quiet and it did feel like we were we were building and we were building. And I don't know, it was just, just one of those days again which we're having at the moment where we can't get the ball in the net. And that was kind of typical. That that kind of uh, example just showed that we it was just not going to be our day, I think. Mm, yeah, because it's, I mean, in, in that second half, like I say, every time you look up, it seems to be that Charlton Midfield had the ball the Blackburn Rovers' defence were on the edge of the 18-yard box, and now we were trying to weave, and, weave around them. Now, they were sitting quite deep, and I thought, to be fair, the, the only the only one time they actually pushed us in that second half forced an error where they nearly scored from. Mm. Um, but, you know, we, we were we were the team that was trying to make things happen yesterday, and that, and that's you know probably you know at least a positive we can take from it. There was a couple of chances, you know, towards the end, we saw Forster Kasky with a volley, saw a superb run from, from Joe Rebo that ended up with a, a cross that Leon Best headed over. And now this is where I guess you're going to... We're going to go back to the fact we, we did create some chances. This is where we're going to say why you know why if we are praying why are we so blunt at, at, at top at the moment? Why can't we break through and, and and score those goals that our play you know our build up play deserves at the moment? Yeah, and that's the question that if we could answer it or if Carl could answer it, we'd probably be second in the league or, or probably, yeah, probably not top, but certainly a lot higher up than we are now. And it, and it's frustrating. I think Forster Kasky was brilliant yesterday. I thought De Silva was really good. I thought Reeves played well. Um, I th- we we were getting forward and we were bombarding them as a team and then as you say we were all, every cross that we got in seemed to end up on Mulgrew's head which was frustrating every time we seemed to just get to the edge of the box we obviously we had that Reeve shot which was then saved we had the Forster Kasky one which was a bit limp <coughs> the, the cross that we did eventually get to Leon Best it was a poor header and it is literally just that final touch that's letting us down we're doing everything else right and it's it's not a lot of consolation when we're on the run we are particularly with some of the big games we've got coming up but as I say when you do put things into perspective given what we've what we're working with and where we were last season it's it's a huge improvement and signs are there that if things do click we'll be all right um I still firmly believe we'll we'll get in the playoffs um but we do need to to sort that out now whether that's bringing in a new striker uh I don't know whether, as we spoke about, I think last week, it's it's changing the formation and changing the tactics mid-game. I'm not sure. I don't think that would have made a difference yesterday because, unlike the Portsmouth game, I thought our tactics were working fine. We just couldn't find that end product. Or whether it's just finding a way to break a team down because Blackburn, as you say, were sitting very deep, as someone's going to do to protect a lead. And we're doing so much of the game right, we just can't quite finish it off. Mm. And then, uh, as we are pushing for that. That equaliser, which I, I, I honestly thought I could feel a goal coming for yeah. Charlton, but unfortunately yeah. it came uh, came at the other end. We got caught out when when we were pushing up, and I think uh, didn't, maybe perhaps could have dealt with it slightly better when when the ball went wide and, and it came back into the middle. But Danny Graham headed it, and and that was game over. But I mean, you, you often expect there's going to be a second goal. If, mm. if you're either going to score, or you're going to get caught out, and that's yeah. what happens. You know, if it hadn't been so cold, because uh, my mate was sitting in the backburn end, I was going to text him about 75 minutes and say this game's got two 0 written all over it. Because by then I thought, you know what, that goal isn't coming and they're going to pick us off the break. Mm. And uh, it came later than I expected, but that's exactly what happened. 
uh, Terry said it in the commentary it's harsh um, very very harsh but the history books will say Blackburn won six in a row with that last one a, a comfortable 2-0 against Charlton mm. and, and that's how it's going to read and, and that is the truth of it as people who've been tweeting in have said you know possession good quality working hard it doesn't that doesn't count for anything if you don't score and that, and that's what we're not doing enough of yeah because like I say Mark you weren't there so I guess when and, and you, I don't know if you're during the game you're really paying that much attention so when you come <laughs> out and you see another 2-0 defeat and you see we've won one in six I mean that that is the headline still for mm. as much as we can talk about what happened the headline is it's one win in six and our, our cushion within the playoffs is now down to goal difference true and I think you know I look at different things different things comments and Facebook and different forums and there's so much Oh, you know, Carl's got to go, and I'm just thinking, what? I think we've been through much worse runs without this kind of like call. Whether we started off a season and thought we were going to romp it, which we were never going to do, not with the size squads we had. You know, we had some good wins, and you know, we played well, and we are we're not playing terribly. You know, it's we weren't creating chances at all. Now we're creating chances, and we're not finishing them. It just gives you another piece of a puzzle you've got to try and work out mm. um, I, th- I think Carl's go- you know, he's obviously going to be as frustrated as the rest of us and there's only so much you can do on the training ground with your strikers with your midfielders defenders even going forward and you know trying to trying to get one I'm trying to think we've not really got goals throughout the team that's a trouble it's you know you're looking for someone to say pick up a couple of I mean Jada Silver's Probably could have had a couple by now. It's it's, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, because I mean, we know we've got goals in the midfield, but it's just no one's really that spark at the moment. There was there was a couple of people. So when I, when when we tweeted the team news yesterday, I put the story. We put out the story that, that Ricky Holmes was uh, unavailable. I had a couple of people in in the mentions sort of saying, "Ah, oh, you know, probably not going to be a great big loss today." And I was thinking, sure, he's had a quiet couple of weeks, but come on. I mean, in terms of a player who could get something out of nowhere, like there's there's not many people in the league who can do. Uh, who can do what, what what Ricky's done for us at times this season? Yeah, I think people's memories are short though, and he had a he had a poor game against Portsmouth, but a lot of people did. And and you're right when we think back to you know the likes of the Fleetwood and the Oldham games earlier in the season, we had Fossu on fire on one side, we had Holmes on fire on the other, and we had McGuinness getting goals up front and and Forster Kasky weighing in with some as well. He got one what as late as Bradford was that his last goal I think. Um, mm. So we've had we have had goals all over. For some reason, it's not clicking now. Whether that is like Mark suggested, whether it's nerves, whether it's just a lack of form, whether it's that we've been found out, whether it's that the players are knackered because the squad's too small, which I think is a, a reasonable argument. Once again, um, there's a number of different factors as to why it is. The truth is, it's happening. We need to sort it out. As I say, January could help in terms of the squad numbers, depending on how much Carl actually gets to to invest in his side. But the the players that are out there now have to get themselves out of this form and play themselves out of this form as well. And I thought they started to do that yesterday. Now, we still didn't win the game, but we've got games against Blackpool and, and Southend and Gillingham coming up. OK, Wigan, perhaps not. But those other ones, we can get points from those, and, and we have to if we're going to still be in the hunt come January. Now it's time to hear from Carl Robinson after yesterday's game in just a moment's time. But don't forget, we've got a couple of subjects uh, going on in the background. We want to know what you thought of yesterday's performance result. All that, you can uh, email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us uh, at charltonlive. And also, in the second half of the show, uh, we are doing our Charlton Athletic-related Christmas 11. So I've tweeted out the uh, the first couple of players. So we've got Chris Holly, sounds like Solly. Uh, Santa Claus Jensen, that sort of stuff. We've already had a, a couple of uh, decent suggestions in 
uh, Martin Jingles made it onto the uh, on, on, onto the <laughs> onto the starting eleven. Uh, that was from John, I think, and Amy thought of that after this afternoon. She's, she's going to be furious that someone's actually tweeted that before she has uh, she's just suggested David White Christmas as well so that's the sort of stuff we're looking for head over to Twitter and tweet us your ideas for that but let's uh, let's hear from Carl Robinson now after yesterday's uh, defeat uh, up at Blackburn Rovers he came to speak to myself uh, and a couple of the other guys uh, up there at Ewood Park Carl a defeat in the end here at Blackburn what did you make of your team's performance today? <laughs> two on goals in two weeks um, that's disappointing for us um, I thought we were a better team today I think I think uh, Tony just said that I think they felt that we deserved more than what we got out of the game they have been scoring at will um, and for us to concede the way we did in the first half I thought Bestie was excellent when he came on although the goal he'll feel a bit disappointed with that um, we missed one or two chances in the first half Josh's header Reeves is tapping the one second half he missed two or three again uh, we've looked the better team here um, I'm proud of my players but fundamentally it's about scoring goals and I can't can we criticise the back four I thought Piercy and Ez were excellent today. An own goal and a, and a goal when we were completely open. But does anybody expect us to sit back with 93 minutes trying to get that, that elusive sort of goal to even just get a point? But I don't think anybody... I think it was hard to pick up our player today. Yeah, obviously you were disappointed last week that you weren't creating chances. But yeah. this week you got back to creating your chances. It's yeah, just, well, it's it's a, not quite taken No, we've looked good today. Um, and I, I, what I do need, I'm missing a bit of a... I need people to help my players I think we're going through a little dip that, that everybody goes through um, they're in there we just, I think it's the latest one we've ever done we've just had a conversation about how close we are together and we can criticise each other very very internally and we know that results haven't been what they should be and we're not, we're not, I'm not hiding I don't hide anything from you but we feel that we should deserve more than what we're getting so we're going to need the support we're going to need us ourselves to work hard we're having freak injuries we want to Ricky Saturday in the game uh, Billy's doesn't look good at all um, we're really worried about that the medical team are worried we're going to have a scan for the next 48 hours um, obviously so not of Billy being out Ricky being out Cashy being out Bauer being out Tariq being out it, it, it's it's unbelievable and uh, and all of them are freak injuries and, and, and ones that you can't really put your finger on that's not through training it's not through not being fit it's just through freak ones and, and it just everything in football weirdly sort of happens at the same time and uh, but today with, the, with, with them five not being on Billy came off the three or four minutes I thought we still looked like a very good team against a very strong Blackburn Rovers side and so that, like you say this run of results has coincided with this run of, of injuries and, and it was a blow before before kickoff of Ricky Hans do you have any more details on that injury? No it was just that I said he got on Saturday so we knew about it all week we knew he wouldn't be available for this game um but I wasn't going to obviously say to any of you gentlemen <laughs> um, not, not that you're spies for the opposition but you all have to put things in the papers and on the internet that, that sort of support their, their confidence um, but listen we're, no it wasn't great but we knew that um, but the Billy one today is a big is a big disappointment to us It's a hard slog of games now coming up in the, the Christmas period Best and I guess you could do without with these injuries Yeah but no but, um, we're hoping to have Cashy back hopefully by the South End game Tariq won't be far behind that Ricky's only a uh, we may even back next week we're not 100% sure but we're fingers crossed um, Patrick's only two weeks away so they're, they're all getting closer the goal is with Clarkie is it his knee that he twisted because he dived in for the ball yeah okay. and when he played over that made it worse or is it just because he didn't think it was that bad no well, he felt he could run on when you, get, when you get knee injuries sometimes you can run on straight lines when he started to change direction it wasn't it wasn't good okay, and when you said, you said to Louis, you needed people to help was that the fans or no no just just 
always been ten. They need to get together. The fans need to get together. Just that. Listen, I think everyone sees that the players are working hard. It's just the case of the results aren't what they want to be. I think people know what I demand from players. I think people know what the players demand from each other. I don't think anybody can say that we're not working hard. You can see the last two games have been probably two of the hardest working games we've played in. And we haven't got the result to support that. But that's football. That's just part and parcel of the game that we that we love so much. But for me, you know, we, we, we listen, we're, I, just, I just want people to criticise. I want to stick behind them and, and stay with them. And I'll stay with them. I love them to death. I do. I really do. I, I really love being a part of this group. And... I really love being a part of us still achieving something. We're still going to achieve what we want to achieve. We all go through these moments, so it's not a case of panicking. Um, I'm still very calm about what, what I know exactly what we need. You've seen us play two or three systems in the last three weeks. We've, we've changed our style a little bit in certain games. We've got a little bit more direct. We've played through the thirds. We, we're really mixing it up and we're becoming more of a rounded team. But the, but the results haven't supported that, unfortunately. And um, le- uh, level of watching Poppy now, are you maybe looking at your shoulder? No, no, nah, nah, no chance. No, not looking at my shoulder. Oh, don't, that, that's you're I don't look back. Don't look back. Yeah. And obviously, I know the results were bad as most, but Joe Rigo today, he was very good. Yeah, but we, but we missed Cassie's security in there. Yeah. yeah. So, and obviously, Jake's a goal scorer. So, it's not something that he's overly confident with staying in there, not getting in the box. Do you, do you understand what yeah. I mean by that? So, you lose that as an attacking threat. Yeah, so having Joe, you, you lose the attacking threat and you lose, but then and then Cassie's a whole midfield player, so the balance of it maybe. Um, but listen, it is what it is. You said you wanted Joe Aribo to expand his game. I mean, cut the passes in the second half and the run he did. Listen, I, think Joe, I think Joe's a very good player, mm. um, but we've also got some very good players in there. Jake Foster casting scores goals. I think Jake, I thought Jake, I said to him in here, I thought our two midfield dominated there too. Um, I thought we looked a very, very good side in the middle of the pitch. But in the second half? Yeah, but we didn't get the results, unfortunately, and that's the most disappointing thing. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
So welcome back, this is Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. That was Carl Robinson speaking to myself, uh, Jake Bacon from the news shop, and Clive uh, Yuletide from the... Uh, <laughs> from, nice. Yeah, from Kent Live there, uh, after yesterday's uh, defeat. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you get some You get some people. I, 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 it's funny enough, actually, because so, so after the game, before we went down to do the interview, I, was, I can't remember who I was chatting to, but I said to one of the guys, like... I predicted, I basically predicted how the next hour was going to play out. So I said, Carl's going to come out and correctly say we had a lot of possession, we had a lot of chances, all this and that, but we didn't take our chances. I mean, that is correct. Um, and he also said, but we still lost, and that's the most important thing. So I predicted that would happen. And I also predicted there'll be people at home who haven't seen the game will be saying, no, we didn't, and be annoyed because it doesn't matter. Or, or, or perhaps also correctly pointing out that it doesn't matter how many chances you create if you're not going to stick them in the onion bag. So... It, that that interview went pretty much exactly as I expected it would. Yeah, and I think that's where I've had I had frustrations coming back yesterday. Is it's not that people people who say yeah, but possession and and everything doesn't win you games. Um, that I completely agree with that. It was the people criticising the work ethic yesterday. I, I had a problem with because I think they did work hard and they did try. And it's not. I don't know what it is that the problem is. Uh, we're, look, we're not scoring goals, and that's obviously not good enough for a team that want to finish at, at least in the playoffs. But they are working hard. They do care, and I, and I disagree with anyone who says otherwise. But yeah, uh, I, what Carl said pretty much did sum the game up. But the the truth is, and those other people that are saying these things are right. We we need to score goals, and we're not doing that enough at the moment. All right, let's get have a look at the the tweets that started coming in. Uh, yesterday came from Ev James said I still believe that our season has not derailed yes we're on an awful run of results and the masses are gathering to oust the gaffer it's the players on the pitch who rule add with quality in Jan Carl Robinson is still the way forward now I mean we've got we've certainly got our first email that's that's called for the manager's head which I mean I, I must I must admit I feel is way too far in advance way too far you know it's, it's jumping the gun a lot there but I mean, Ev's, Ev's mentioned it there. I mean, are you, are you starting to hear people questioning the manager again? I mean, don't forget, a month ago, we were, we were flying high. We, we won all these games. And... You are, but the same situation applies. Who, who comes in? Who comes in with a magic wand with these players and suddenly says, right, now you can score 20 goals and you can beat every defender you come up against. You can keep a clean sheet. You're not going to find any manager out there. And here's the thing, who's, who's been sacked so far this season? who's just sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, who's going to come in, you know, with our situation, because remember, we're still a unique club with a unique owner yeah. and a unique situation. And Meaning know, weird, you, you mean? Yeah. I mean weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't get it, with, you know, for calling for him straight away. If we'd lost six, seven, eight on, on the row, then, yeah, you can understand why people are going, you know what, we haven't. In the last six, we've what, won one, Drawn two, lost three, if I'm correct, I think. Yeah. And so, you know, look at it over a bigger picture. We're still sixth. We're still sixth in the table. Yes, we've lost the gap between the teams below, but we're going to pick up points where other teams won't. We're going to lose points where other teams gain them. That's the nature of the beasts. When we were never going to romp this division mm. like we did a few years ago, you know, when we won it. We yeah. were never going to do that. In fact, season. yeah. In fact, Freddie's just uh, tweeted in so there's no point. The owners won't support any manager. That we get, and I, I totally agree with that. And I think the other thing to remember is now this run. So this is a run of one win in six games. So we went four wins, uh, four games without a win earlier on in the season. I think we lost to Gillian, we lost to Wigan, then we drew with Berry and Walsall. I think from memory, and that's, I remember after that thinking, oh, I wonder if the the wheels have just slightly come off here. And we recovered from that, and we and we went on another good run again. And that's what we need to find again. And that's what we hope that that Carl will be able to to do. 
in the meantime. Now, obviously, um, you're talking about who else would come in. Just just a, a quick aside. I'll tell you who wouldn't come in if, if they would be Charlton. It's Lewis Cat, Charlton Live team member. Now, <laughs> I was texting around. I just, I just found this on my timeline. I was texting around this afternoon. See who's about, who hasn't been on for a while, who might want to come on the show this evening. I text Lewis Cat, and I got straight away. This was about 2 o'clock this afternoon. I got straight away back saying, oh, sorry, I've just put on an eight-hour face mask, and I can't come. I mean, well, I mean, that is the lamest excuse I've ever heard. I've seen Lewis. I think he needs longer than eight hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Luckily, I only needed three hours, yeah, so that's why I made yeah, it. Yeah, and you look uh, very exfoliated, if Thank I may you. say so. Tom. You can, if I'm not being too forward. You're not. Uh, right, let's uh, get back onto the tweets now. I had one from uh, Reese, which I'm just scrolling up to. Here we go. Now, Reese uh, tweeted in. I think he was at the game yesterday because I think I saw him tweeted about it. So uh, he said, uh, first half. Well, assuming it was because he knows a lot about the game. <laughs> the first half was very poor, didn't create anything, and was very disappointing. Only real chance was the Reeves shot that was more of a back pass. Uh, second half was better, more possession and attack, but never got any decent shots away and never forced the keeper into any challenging saves, I felt. I mean, I mean, you'd have to discount the Reeves one for that one as well, and the amount of time he claimed crosses as well, which was yeah, quite impressive. Yeah, that he did, but yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't have a lot of shots. I was surprised when Carl, I think it was a bit of a strange comment to say he deserved man of the match, because uh, yeah, he didn't have a huge amount to do. Uh, McGuinness, I thought, was awful, didn't put in much effort, I felt, went down so easily at times, gave the ball away often and offered nothing. Very disappointed with Reeves and Marshall so far since joining. Thought they would be a lot more creative and would offer far more than they have. So it's interesting you say that, because I heard quite a lot of people, I mean, Marsh, Marshall will talk about it in, in a second as well, but I thought Reeves was you know, busy yesterday, involved a lot in the ball, um, had a, had a, you know, most of our shots, really. He had, a, he had another one at the near post that we didn't even mention sort of early in that second half. Um, yeah. And... Uh, uh, so I mean, Terry felt that it was Reeves' best game in the trouble show. So and you, you seem. To I'd agree. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I mean, compared to other people, so read into that what you will. But he was one of our better players yesterday for sure. He's he's finding those pockets of space where seemingly there is none, which I remember him doing a few times for MK Dons. And that snapshot was a bit reminiscent of the goal he scored against us. Was it in the FA Cup over at their place yeah. when he came on? So look, he's going to get better. He's. It's a shame it's taken him so long um, to to get into that groove, but I suppose the one tiny positive of Clark's injury is that Reeves is going to have to now have a, a spell starting mm. games and playing games in that number ten role. Um, and if he can get up and running, then then that's obviously brilliant. Yeah, uh, right. The uh, um, but what about Marshall as well? Now because I thought again he sort of flattered to deceive yesterday. I thought, a lot, a I thought he was poor, yeah. really poor. Um, I don't want to to hate on him too much because he obviously had a, a very very serious injury in the summer and I wonder if that's playing on his mind because I, I haven't seen him a huge lot and I don't don't remember seeing him a huge amount for Bradford but as I understand it and from what I have seen he looks very much like a winger that gets to the byline and whips a crossing and yesterday he he wasn't doing that he was cutting back in and then obviously being on his left foot now whether that's because they were defending him well in which case credit to Blackburn but I wonder whether it's more down to his confidence and he doesn't trust himself, whether it's his pace, whether it's the injury, whatever it is, to get down to that byline. And when he checks back in on his left foot, he's then relying on a, on a cross on that on his weaker foot instead or he's just passing it then back to Solly or Jake or Joe or whoever's there sort of supporting him. So, yeah, it's difficult. On the other hand, I think he's only got one striker to aim for in the box. So maybe he does think about going down to the byline and goes, well, what's the point if there's only going to be one man in there? So... Mm. You know, I'm not here to to criticise him too much. I, I I want to give him time, but I thought yesterday was very poor, and I was surprised. Carl eventually did switch him for for Cag, but I was surprised it took him as long as he did because, to me, it was clear it just wasn't the game for Marshall yesterday. 
Right, Reese's uh, message continues there. Conzer, I also felt was dodgy again. Pierce, De Silva, and Amos, the three best players for us, I think. I mean, Conzer certainly got caught out a couple mm. of times yesterday. Yeah. But, I mean, fair, I mean, it's just a couple of like obvious mistakes. There's one in the first half where he, he missed a header, and I've got a feeling there might have been one in the second half as well. Um, I can see why Robinson is getting criticism at the moment. I certainly don't want him sacked. Uh, I love his passion, and we're still sixth, but his inability to mix it up and to change formation is frustrating. He makes his subs too late as well. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Reese continues his excuses are getting old too now. Always the bad luck story, and how their keeper is amazing. He can never take responsibility, and I say that uh, and say that the players weren't good enough. I think he's doing a good job, but he's just so frustrating at times. Need to get out of his bad form. Uh, and next weekend is a great chance at home to a team in even worse form than us. If we don't win that, then I will be extremely worried. I mean, uh, that's something we've heard a lot over the last couple of weeks is, is whether we have the... I mean, because we know that Cole loves his his formation, the 4-2-3-1, that we always start with, no matter what. Um, and and he, he sort of said in the last couple of interviews, I think, after games, he said, he said he's tried to mix it up in terms of playing style, I think, in terms of going long a couple of times. And, you know, we've seen it with, with Best and McGuinness on the pitch at the same time, although Best was pre- uh, McGuinness was still pretty much in a wing mm. position for most of yesterday. Um, I mean, do, do you feel that he's too stuck in a formation do you feel he changes it at times or when he changes it to a long ball is that not enough he's he's as stuck as i think you can get um you know i've said in previous weeks you know a 4-4 to a 4-4-2 when you had wingers with holmes and marshall or holmes and fossu people can cross the ball um de silva can cross the ball so he can overlap cross the ball and you're playing two up front and best's decent in the air you know mcginnis has got some size on him you know you're going to get those chances I think the worrying thing is, you look at McGuinness, you know, is it better to play it to his feet? Is it better playing out to him for him to get a knock-on to someone who's running on? I, you know, I still don't think I've just decided what where McGuinness's strengths actually lie. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, he, he, he he's good, he's on the turn, and he can run at people, but I, I'm hard pushed to say where I think his, his strength as a striker lies. I mean, he's scored a lot with his head. Which you expect a guy who's six foot three to do, hmm. but you know, would you say it's a strength of his, or I, I don't know. And I think if, if you know, if we can't see that, you know, whether the players who play with him know like, why do you want it, you knew when you had someone like Darren Bent, how they liked it. You knew with Clive Mendonca where he wanted the ball, and you can go back to the strikers who scored Bradley Wright Phillips. You can go back to where we had strikers who scored double figures quite easily because they played to a certain way, and we played to their strengths all the way. And with with Josh, I, I don't know where his strength is. I really don't. Mm. Okay, uh, Alison says, I have to agree with uh, Reese. would add that I suspect McGuinness is tired, but with limited options, he'll have to wait till January. Also, I think Robinson needs a plan B and definitely doesn't appear to have one, especially uh, with players returning. Uh Right, Tandy says, uh, we are being found out by our promotion rivals. We've only recorded one win against teams placed in the top eight. In my opinion, when you are playing opposition of similar quality, then tactics play a massive part in those games, uh, and we are constantly being found out. What does the show think? I mean, did, I mean, what did you think of tactics yesterday, Tom? Like I say, I think yesterday, I think they were okay, because we... We did the majority of the game right. We we didn't look devoid of ideas like we did against Portsmouth. We were we were doing everything to get into the right positions. We then just weren't finishing it. And I think for that 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 lies with the players. Um, I think there are other games where tactics are are not right or need changing. I think Portsmouth is a prime example of that. And I agree that that Carl is frustrating because he doesn't change that up. But I think yesterday actually they were okay. Um, 
but yeah, I, I agree with what Mark said to the last question. We we need a, a plan B and a plan C, and we don't have that. And I think again, that does partly come down to the personnel. Mm. But while we've got best in, there is an opportunity now to go four four two if we needed to. Um, I'm not saying that's the only one, and that, but there there are other options out there, and I don't think he's he's prepared to do that at the moment. Mm. Uh, London user says Shrewsbury, Portsmouth, uh, Peterborough, MK all have got smaller squads. Uh, all with lots of injuries, spent less money of us than us, and the excuses don't wash. I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert on those other teams, but I mean, in terms of squad size, I mean, we know there's certain positions where where we have got not got enough. I mean, Jonathan Grade pointed out that we've uh, you know we've only got one senior striker now. Obviously, we've got Leon Best who's coming now to make it two. Uh, I'm not counting Joe Dodu to be honest, but he is a player within our squad. Uh, obviously, obviously, he's not being used, but in terms of um, you know, in terms of what we have to work with, this is where we've been left short. And now this is where, I mean, people will start to have the conversation about, well, whose fault is that then? So now, I mean, everyone's got their ideas and I think I, I, think I know where, where my one is. I mean, I, I just feel that over the last three or four years, pretty much after every um, every transfer window, we, we've been pointing out a couple of places where we have been left short and, and there's only been one constant in those three or four years because the other constant in terms of managers changed about 50 times true but if if you look unless you're a Manchester City fan there probably isn't a single fan at any club who goes you know what we could do with a few more players even like, Man City went out spent 50 million on Carl Walker and you're thinking well yeah because that's, 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 <laughs> that's what you needed you know and just another fallback and probably from them down every club in every division will say we could do with a few more we can do more you know you're not going to get it, so you have to do the best. So if, if using a few more kids from the academy, and we've got a few diamonds in there who he's not even looked at yet, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I, li- I like Dick Steele, and I like Lapsley, and I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to rather see guys like that on the bench than Dodo, who's going to sit there and, and the permanent tracksuit as Johnny Jackson. <laughs> so you know, why not? You know, we're not going to get in. In the transfer window, we're not going to get a load of money. He'll probably bring in one player. If we set and if we sell one, if you know everyone's talking about concert on and getting on a, a loan back for the rest of the season, you know, are we going to have any money from that to go on a player? I, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I mean, so, the, if you if you look at the way the way things have been, I, mean, yeah, I, I just can't see if Roland, especially if Roland is thinking of selling, which is all, all the rumours at the moment, I cannot see why on earth he'd spend any money on no. us. I'd like, to the extent that I'd be shocked if we signed a single player. Yeah. I just, genuinely, I would be shocked. I mean, also, I think if if one of, if Konza, who would probably be the next one of Cavallo to go, Aribo probably hasn't played enough this season for the scouts to have, for, for, have a full picture on him to go, you know, who else is sellable? Sheffield United probably aren't going to come back in for Ricky Holmes so you know we don't really have much more to sell so we have to use what we've got and you know we've got like I say I think we've got a few diamonds yet to make an appearance this term Mm. who would do well yeah, uh, London Eagle points out that we're uh, bottom three on current form. When we win, Robinson is the nuts. When we lose, it's not his fault. Bless him. Look what he has to work with. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. If we're in, we're in the bottom three on, on current form, I mean, we're in the top five. We, we, we were top when we won those five games in a row on, on current form. That doesn't mean we were the best team in the league. I mean, it's form, and that's where it's form that you have to turn around. It's form that we've been better than this this season at different parts, and that's what we need to uh, to find again. Right, we're gonna have a quick break here on Charlton Live, but before I do that, I'm gonna give you an update on the uh, Christmas 11. So we've uh, in the end, with the managers, we've gone for Brussels Slade, uh, which is uh, is just beaten out uh, Christmas Carol Fry. 
who was good, but only for 44 minutes, so he's gone, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, up top, we've got Deck the Hales, uh, with, uh, well, actually, I think Mike Flanagan tried to do that against Maidstone, actually. But, um, uh, and in midfield, we've got Mark Tinsella. Uh, so, so far, we still need a goalkeeper. Now, there's a really obvious one, uh, which I haven't said yet, but he, he used to play for us. He's now... I don't know where he is now. He, then he went to West Ham. So I'll, I'll just wait for someone to tweet in that really obvious answer. <laughs> uh, and then we, we still need a couple of centre-backs, uh, a couple of wingers as well, so and, and a left-back. I mean, I haven't gone all the way through the tweets yet, so I don't know But if you've got any ideas out there. I've um, got a winger for you. Go on, then. How about Ricky Ho-Ho Holmes? <laughs> right. I, if, if I remember rightly, that's exactly what... Um, what Greg Stubley said when he was about to score against uh, against Northampton. Ho, ho, homes! Uh, there we go. So if you've got any more ideas for that, get those tweeted in. Uh, also, I've just tweeted out on the Charlton Live account is Santa Klaus Jensen uh, is coming to, come to SC7 with his bulging sack once again. I want to know what Charlton-related Christmas present you want from Santa Claus Jensen. Uh, we'll be anyway. We'll be back in thirty seconds. Still got your emails to go through. I'm going to read all the tweets now from the uh, the the, uh, the Christmas Eleven, so I can put a few more in. Uh, but keep them coming in to studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the email or tweet us at charltonlive. Chip ball, looking for the run of Fosu, who's onside Fosu, edge of the penalty area, can he get a shot away? He can and it's the opening goal! Tariq Fosu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season and Charlton's first of the evening and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium. Welcome back, this is Charlton Live on Maritime Radio. As I scrolled through the tweets uh, uh, for the Christmas Eleven, I do realise that Amy has tweeted in Darren Rudolph, which is clearly uh, what we're expecting there for the goalkeeper. So Darren Rudolph has made it into goal. But like I say, keep your suggestions coming in. I'm sort of reading through them uh, as we go along. And at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet our final eleven. You can see if your guy got in there. But like I say, I also want to know what your uh, your Santa Claus Jensen present is uh, every year we do this have a look at, at what presents we can get from uh, from Santa Claus and pretty much every year since we started doing this everyone said the same thing which is uh, rolling to sell so I'm expecting at least one of those uh, but, but keep us updated right let's jump onto the emails now before we talk about uh, game emails this is just something uh, that I wanted to that, that we uh, Grant Jeffries uh, sent us a, an email via Nathan actually so a message via Nathan now you'll remember if you listened to the last couple of uh, big match previews that uh, Grant uh, Grant's son Jack is in hospital uh, over Christmas and, and, and he asked for Charlton fans to send him a card so uh, so um, Grant's just uh, sent us this message the other day uh, said I just wanted to say uh, that we have been uh, so touched and overwhelmed with the love and support from everyone with the cards for Jack uh, and we even had a visit from Sir Chris Powell today which is amazing from, from oh, Chris nice. there so that was on, on Thursday I believe uh, I managed to get to the game on Saturday which was against Portsmouth and I'm so grateful to the stewards and staff as I collapsed uh, everywhere due to my cataplexy uh, but the main concern uh, every time was that I was okay and they were so nice and understanding. Uh, this is what I call a family and caring club. The owner might be debatable, but the people inside are fantastic. And I think that sums up this club perfectly, uh, Grant. So thank you for your message. And uh, I hope uh, a difficult time for you guys, but I hope uh, uh, that the Charlton family rallying around you will provide some uh, some comfort 
uh, at least. Right, let's uh, look at yesterday's game. The first email comes from Chris Davin and the subject line is just emoji, a sad emoji. So I think we've, we've come to that now. Also, I think that's the first emoji we've ever had emailed to Charlton. So well done, Chris, for that accolade. Uh, it says, it's, surely it's time for that one-trick pony Robinson to part ways with Charlton. Even the most easily taken and gullible Charlton fans must be losing patience with him. He talks and talks and talks. He loves the club. He loves the fans. Exactly the same stuff he said when he was the Milton Keynes Don's boss. Uh, he was rubbish last season if it wasn't his team. Uh, but it's this, uh, this season it is his team. And after a decent start, the wheels, uh, as expected, have fallen off. Apart from the obvious delights of getting a new owner, it comes with an added bonus of a new owner bringing a new manager most of the time. I'll drink to that. So, I mean... It's funny. So when these takeover rumours sort of first, I remember I vaguely remember asking. We we asked Carl about it after the Bradford win, so we were in a decent bit of form there. I remember asking him about it, and he sort of said, "Well, you know, if if there's a takeover, I'd be off because that's what happens." Now at that time, I was thinking, "Oh no," uh, and I'm sure most Charlton fans were because we're in a decent run of form. But now, now as as per Chris's email there, I mean, if 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 say this difficult run of form continues for another month. And then there's a takeover. That would make the new owner's decision a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, I think the people that are calling for his head now, I just don't get because we're sixth in the league. Uh, we are on a poor run of form, but when we were on a good run, the reason we had an eight-point gap was because of that good run of form. We didn't just have an eight-point gap by coincidence. Now we've had a bad run of form, it's back level again. There's nothing to say we won't go on a good run of form and suddenly be seven or eight points clear of seventh again if in a month's time or two months time we haven't picked up another win and we're down in 14th or something rightly so people should be calling for the manager's head but we're still sixth we're still in the playoff places we're a couple of wins away from third you know we're we're doing we're doing all right and and the last month has been poor and i completely understand people getting frustrated by the way robinson talks and the excuses because we spoke about that before he came in. We've spoken about that when we were on a good run of form. Some of the things he says we're not so sure about. But, yeah, if we're on a bad run of form and the takeover happens, uh, I do think he probably would be gone. But uh, that's a long way away and there's a lot of ifs and buts in there. But uh, as it stands, we are sixth and we've had a good season so far. Not brilliant, but a good season. Mm. Thanks for that. Chris, your email. This one's from Freddie Saunders. Says, uh, evening chaps, two wins in nine is not good enough and it's not the form of promotion contenders. And I think that goes without saying. Uh, we are still holding sixth, but Portsmouth are drawn on points with us and drawn on the goal difference. The 23rd of December could see us drop out. I honestly believe that despite injuries, the players need to step up, be accountable and responsible Comparing squad sizes across the lead, uh, the league, ours is actually one of the largest. The issue we have is the balance of quality throughout the squad. We rely too heavily on individual players, which is a product of having too many academy players who are young, inexperienced, peppered throughout the squad. Now, so if you, so I've got the, I've just picked up a random program next to me, which is the. Uh, the program from Rochdale and I mean Rochdale's squad list is longer than ours but I mean without I don't know how many of those are academy players but if if you look at our own squad list I mean the, the amount of academy players sort of beefing it up you know the, uh, so if you're looking down down the bottom Rico Hackett Fairchild Anthony Dixtill Aaron Barnes Harry Lennon I mean maybe Harry Lennon just about would qualify but in terms of, of, of how many of these players would be considered you know, players that would be starting every week. I mean, that 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 is what Freddie's getting at, and that's and that's what's true. I mean, we have too many, you know, a lot of academy players who are sort of our backups. Whereas uh, there, there may be other clubs within League One who will look at their backups and still have a sort of a, you know, a, a more experienced player. True, but if you had two elevens in a squad who were all first team players, you're never going to keep a squad like that happy. 
you're going to get a lot of grumbling, a lot of dissent. When you do have a balance of experience, you know, and some players who are coming up from the juniors, they're not going to be knocking on. I mean, I don't think Anthony Dickstill is knocking on Carl's door every week going, why aren't I playing? You know, he's pretty being told, right, you're in the squad and he's going to be made up and he's going to be chuffed and he's going to be trying his hardest in training and everything. I think if you had, you know, you've got to keep all, all these internationals replacements ready. You know, it's happy. You're never going to do that and you're going to have end up with more problems, you know, than, than you have now. I mean, I, I, everyone says, oh, the size of a squad, size of a squad. Like you say, if you took out half a dozen who have got the um, uh, shirt numbers this season... Who've got the shirt numbers because they've played in the EFL, or they've played, you know, the Check Yourself Trophy, or the FA Cup. We, we probably don't have. We've probably got as comparable to everyone else. So it, it was like, such a strange when everyone said, "Oh, you've got such a great big squad." So I, mm. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, because it was, it was I, I wasn't in the press conference, but I think it was a Portsmouth game where. Uh, Kenny Jackett afterwards mm. came in and said, "You know, Charlton have got one of the biggest squads in the league." And then Carl apparently asked someone to hand him a program, and, and pointed out the amount of, of youth team players within that squad. And he, he sort of laughed at, at being told he has the biggest squad in in the league. Mm. Uh, and, and that's obviously what what, what Carl thinks uh, about that. Now, uh, blah blah blah. Uh, uh, Freddie's email continues. Carl Robinson is starting to show Alan Pardew traits. Uh, what I mean by that is in these recent press conferences, he tends not to show. Uh, any form of humility, accountability or responsibility and it feels as if he blames 70% of bad results on bad luck and on injuries and while he may have a point about injuries all clubs have to deal with them uh, and that is no excuse he has definitely started to erode the good credit he built up with the fans because he is coming across as unauthentic lacking genuineness uh, which is starting to drive us uh, all a bit nuts I'm not, sh- uh, I'm not quite Robinson out but I don't think he'll be good for any, because I don't think it'll be good for any of us at this time. Yesterday, a Southend fan said to me, why are you moaning that you lost to an informed Blackburn team and you're still sitting sixth? And it made me realise the relationship between the fans and our club is still so fragile and filled with hate. Uh, every defeat brings Roland Duchatelet's investment into question and any other club would be very positive right now. But the difference is we all know that in January, the chance of us receiving investment, uh, the investment required is so slim. I just hope that he either invests or he sells soon. Even if we go up this season uh, and it's uh, the same ownership, we are going to become cannon fodder of the championship and come straight back down. We need to start rebuilding and the first step is Ronan Duchatelet disappearing. I mean, that's why I was sort of, I sort of got at that a little while ago when I said, I mean, just this, the state that we're in now, I mean, if, wherever this, this takeover stuff that's bubbling behind the scenes and it takes, these things always take ages and don't really know what's going on at the forefront, unfortunately. But, if there's something that's going to happen, we need it to happen as soon as possible. Because if it happens on January the thirty first, then that's this season wasted. It is. I mean, I, f- I feel sorry with for Christmas for Carl. I mean, he's damned if he does, damned if he mm. doesn't. If he comes out after a game and says we were terrible, you know, we didn't have any heart or fight and no spirit, and they weren't doing what I've told them to do, people are going to be sending you texts and emails saying, "Oh, how? Why is he so negative? It's going to destroy the players' confidence." You know, he's he's a buffer between the players and the fans sometimes. So he's the one who's got to face the press and say, you know what, honestly, you know, we, we should have... And I think he has been probably fairly honest in his assessments. Yeah, we should have had more out of some games. But when we've lost, he's gone, you know what, they were better than us. You know, and you're going to get that in some games. You, you wonder what fans want to hear all the time. You know, it's so... so if you look at through the leagues, especially in a way that's like the microscopes on a premiership, 
you know what every manager is going to come out and say. You know what Jose is going to come out and say. You know what Wenger is going to come out and say. There's a red card. You know what he's going to say. You know, Man United didn't score. You know what he's going to say. You know who he's going to blame. And it, it trickles down. Every manager has their own kind of foibles. And with Carl, yeah, he does tend to repeat the same things. But I think he's genuinely believing them. And I yeah. think if he was to come out and just say, oh, we were so bad, we were terrible, or, you know, we were lucky we didn't lose 6-0, Everyone's mm. going to be going, hold on a minute. You know, he's got to go in on Monday, talk to those players and try and lift them again after slating them. And because it'll be through the press, you know, Robinson says we're terrible. How, how are we going to feel? And mm. let's not forget that after, was it after Northampton last year? He did come out and he did well, call it's, players it's, out. It was the Shrewsbury game, wasn't it? That and was then, it, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and he did call them out and say he wasn't getting enough. And I, I think he is more protective this year because he's got more players that are, that are his signings in there. But I agree with Mark. You've, not only do you, you wonder what, what fans want to hear, but fans are split on what they want to hear after the game, so the chance of pleasing everyone is so minimal. But um, I think he's honest as well. I don't necessarily always agree with what he says, but I don't think he comes out and tries to spin a narrative. I genuinely think he believes what he says. Now, whether I believe it as well, I'm not sure. But I think, on the whole, and again, I have to put this in context, when you look at some of the people, you know, even you and myself have interviewed over the last three years, Lou, the Carl is honest. He he speaks his, from his heart, and he gives us more than than a lot of the managers we've had are now. You know, he's not Chris Powell, he's not Kerbishly, but none of the other managers have been either. And he, he's a he's a lot closer to the sort of manager we'd want than, than a lot of the ones we've had in the last two or three years. Now, uh, the Charlton Christmas eleven. Just to give you an update. Uh, Santony Barnes has gone in at left back. Nice. Is it? Was he a left back, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. So I thought he was. Yeah. Uh, and Naby Starr has gone into the centre of defence. Robbie's Tr- Roger Trask has been sending in loads here. He's done really well. Uh, Santony Barnes was also from John Taylor. Which I think he's got another one. Now this one we've already chosen the goalkeeper, but Roddy McVicker. I don't know if that's his real name. Uh, says uh, it's a, it's a most wonderful time of the year. It's Amos, my most wonderful time oh, wow. of the year. <laughs> yeah. So that's the substitute goalkeeper, maybe. They're on uh, my level I think <laughs> so keep them coming in so now we're, we're missing one more centre back uh, and we're missing two wingers now did you give me a winger um, Ricky Ho Ho Holmes Ricky Ho Ho Holmes right okay so we're missing one one winger uh, and one centre back for the Christmas 11 so get your guesses in and don't forget we also want to know what you want from Santa Claus Jensen uh, it's, that, it's that time of the year again we're going to ask you what chart related gift you want from him so uh, keep that coming in now just on, on the final point Tom from um, from Freddie's email uh, talking about I mean I, I brought it up as well I mean we're, we're talking about the, the, the ownership situation mm. I mean I mean, you do I mean that, that is the, the age old adage now is that we feel like Charlton aren't going to go anywhere really you know successfully and if we do go up prosper under the current ownership and that does that does still seem, seem, seem to be the way that a lot of people feel yeah I think he made a really good point as well when he said uh about the South End fan saying, you know, we should be happy. And the fact that Charlton fans are so quick to react to a defeat and so quick to jump on the the club's back, be it the players, the manager, the the tactics, the whatever, the ownership, it, it it's because of, of who's in charge of the the club. Um and I think that is a really good point because whilst I try not to be one of those fans, even I I do get like that sometimes as well. Um and you know, some fans are are more optimistic than others um, and the ones that aren't you know they see a defeat and, and of course you're going to jump on the owner's back because as we've spoken about earlier in the show that's the, the fact of the matter is they're still in charge um, now if we are to go up this year and the takeover doesn't happen I probably agree that we're going to struggle next year because again chance of us getting a, a wealth of investment on promotion is slim um, and that's why I think we can all agree that the takeover is so crucial um, 
four or five weeks ago we were saying well it's great that the takeover news is in the in the pipeline but at the same time we don't want to disrupt our form now we're in the run of form we are and what harm can a takeover do um but yeah it uh, as you say these things take time it doesn't sound like it's going to happen certainly before january unless you know we've got well, a lot we don't of week. Know, really. yeah i mean, I that's, mean that's, it could thing, but yeah. it, it seems unlikely so we're going to have to rely probably on roland to get us through january um and that that is a concern but yeah the however we're playing and that's why i come back to the fact that i think carl's doing a good job because he has got his hands tied to a certain extent yeah. Excellent. Right, uh, final email of the evening so well so far anyways from Jack Barnum. Uh, says, Evening guys, my thoughts on the season so far. We create chan- enough chances in most uh, to win games, but are obviously lacking the firepower up top that many of the teams above us clearly aren't. If we don't bring in a striker in January, then we're going to keep falling down the table and may as well consider our season over. Defensively, we've slipped as well and are looking nowhere near as good. Uh, as before which is worrying the players character is definitely being tested and so far they're letting us down big time and respond by going out on the drink in Newcastle hours after a defeat and plastering all over social media while many of us fans are left deflated after such a poor performance on an important day this just felt like a big slap in the face from the players who are supposedly gutted after the result uh, obviously we, we covered that quite a lot in, on last Sunday and Thursday's show as well and, and we had some quotes from Carl on, on Thursday's show so it's probably worth listening back to that as well uh, Jack if you haven't heard it but yeah we, we certainly talked about that uh, he said I felt we were a lot better yesterday than we've been in recent weeks and if we did have someone clinical up top then we'd have taken something from the game which would of course be a huge much needed boost to the players and fans the squad is paper thin and injuries have hurt us big time so we really need to bolster up the squad in January if we're serious about promotion we're all quickly losing hope again which as Charlton fans uh, we've really become accustomed to uh, so hopefully we can get ourselves out of this thanks for your email Jack let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live when we come back we've still got our player in focus Josh McGuinness to talk about then we're going to finish off our Charlton Athletic Christmas 11 and find out what's coming for you out of South uh, of Santa Claus Jensen's bulging sack Force Kasky, Holmes, Clark, lovely play. Clark brings the ball forward. He's got Holmes inside who he uses. Holmes, Holmes, Holmes! Holmes! Yes! What a goal! Charlton, Ricky Holmes on his left foot, brought the ball forward, continue with it, and fires in the back of the net. Charlton have their second. Holmes against his former side. Welcome back to Chat Live here on uh, Maritime Radio. Ten minutes of uh, tonight's show left to go. Uh, Les Berry has got into uh, the other centre-half slot. Uh, so now all we're waiting for is one left winger. So we need a left-winged player. Uh, so if you can think of one with a Christmas-related name, uh, let us know. Right, Matthias Johnson's just tweeted in and said, I, I really don't want Carl to go. He brings passion and commitment from the players. We are missing Fossu, drop McGuinness and replace him for best. So I guess uh, that's uh, as good a time as any way to uh, focus on Josh McGuinness. He is our player in focus uh, this evening. We've already given our opinions on his performances recently. Uh, and, you know, there's the only thing to, uh, people do forget, I mean, at the start of the season, he was banging them in, banging them in. And, and where, I mean, tiredness, 
confidence, whatever's coming to play. I think one going thirteen now. It's 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 just a thing where I mean this is this is the problem where you don't have another senior striker until Leon Bestie's finally come in here. When when you've got a a player who's going to lose confidence at some point, every player goes through a bad patch. They need a rest, and we've got no one to rest him for. And I think that's possibly been the case with with Josh recently. And it's a shame because, like I say, at the start of the season, banging him in. No, uh, uh, you're not going to find many better with a head in League One when he's on uh, on form in particular. But anyway, uh, Dan Dempsey uh, tweeted in says he's useless with his feet. We play good passing football, but if you pass it to him, he can't control it. Uh, plus, we've been crossing the ball, but he can't win a header unless the defender doesn't try to defend it. To which Terry responded, look at these goals, crosses into the box from wide areas. Not hopeful punts straight down the middle or balls to feet in the centre circle, expecting Cruyff turns on Messi's dribbles and 30 yarders into the top corner. Josh is not that type of player, so why expect him to be? And that is... I mean, in terms of crosses into the box yesterday, Tom, can you remember many crosses into the box? I mean, Leon Bess had his head on one. There were maybe two or three, but as I say, they all found... Charlie Mulgrew, which I don't think was uh, Josh's fault. It was uh, the cross finding the wrong person rather than, than him being in the wrong place. And again, going back to, to the guy I went with when we when we left, and he said uh, he thought that McGuinness had played quite well. Now, obviously, we see him week in, week out, so I'm not saying he's right and these people are wrong by any stretch, but it shows again that people from outside of the club perhaps see, see the players differently. And I suppose that happens for every club. I I've said my piece on it. I think he's he's having a half time and a hard time. Sorry, and he's become a bit of a scapegoat. But as you say, he when he is on a poor run of form at the moment, we've got no one else to to put in there, and that's been the problem. David Letchford said uh, he's getting some unfair stick at the moment. The whole team has been rubbish, and Carl is to blame as well as the players. Uh, Martin says uh, for strikers like Josh, a lot of it is about service as well. Uh, our crossing of late has not been very good. Uh, when he gets the service, he will be scoring goals. James Moynyard said, uh, I think he needs a rest, but the service has been poor. We won't see it, uh, but we'd like to see him played uh, in a two. He gets isolated on his own at times. He seems to have, but he's, he, and then he adds, he seems to have lost his hunger for games, uh, for a fight in games that I've seen. Have you, have you felt no, that? I think it's a bit unfair. I mean, obviously, I think he is going to be feeling tired because he didn't get the international break because he was on the international duty. And he scored a couple of cracking goals as well for Northern Ireland. Um, I think he's he's a bit unlucky and sometimes he, he gets pulled around. For a guy who's a big guy, but he gets his shirt pulled and he never seems to get anything for it. And yet if he tackles somebody, he tends to, the referee tends to penalise him and you can see his frustration. And he works. He does work. You know, you'll see him chasing down balls, you'll see him chasing the corner. You won't see him just standing and watching the game go past him. I'm thinking it's, it's difficult because he... <laughs> If he wasn't trying, I think it'd be easier to criticise him. Yeah, he's not scoring, but it's there's a lot more to his game. He is jogging back. He's defending corners. You know, he's he's making himself available. He's not he's not hiding anywhere. I mean, we had certain players over the years who would hide on a pitch and not want the ball. Mm. You know, and I don't think Josh is is like that. I just think it just comes down to a combination of service, who he's playing alongside. Is he better playing <coughs> alongside someone or having someone just drop off him? It's, it's a combination of everything with him. Mm. Uh, right, the uh, next comment came in from Mark James. He says, timing of his runs in the box is horrendous. Even with Fossil out, Marshall and De Silva get some great crosses in. He never looks close to getting on the end of not good enough as a first-choice striker. would be a great option from the bench as a second or third choice, but he isn't good enough leading the line on his own. And finally, Stuart McRae says, yes, and Josh simply isn't trying hard enough. Now, I, I, in terms of that, I mean, I, I think if you look at Josh's 
body language. I think at times he can look a bit quite dejected, but he's. I mean, in my opinion, it's probably because he's knackered. He's yeah. not getting those chances that and he like was, say, he was mean, getting before. He's being poor. I mean, sitting as close to the, to the goal as I sit, you see it in, in the box, and you see the times he's got his, someone's got his shirt off him or getting a hand on him or, or pulling him. And I say, as soon as he turns around and uses his weight to get leverage, mm. referee blows. And yet the amount of times you've gone, hold on a minute, that guy's had a real good pull on his shirt... I mean, mm. so Tom sits close to me. And he'll see. You see, see the same thing. You're thinking, yep. why is a referee or lino being strong enough to go? You know what? I'm going to wave a flag because that's a foul. Simple, simple as that. And when as soon as Josh goes flying for a header, oh no, you know, dangerous. Yep. So, yeah. excellent. Right. Uh, I think that's enough uh, boring stuff. Let's talk about <laughs> Christmas. Thank Christmas you. is coming up. <laughs> we, we've all had enough of, uh, of of Josh McGuinness for now. <laughs> so let's talk about Christmas. Right. Um, now, well, the, uh, the the Charlton Athletic Christmas eleven uh, is nearly completed. We still need a left wing player. So, if you can let me know uh, some sort of Charlton related Christmas pun for a player who could play on the left wing, let us know, and that will finally complete the uh, Christmas eleven. But before we uh, finish that off, just we've, we've only got four minutes left. But it's Santa Claus Jensen's on the way. He's always here every year, uh, and we're looking for Charlton related Christmas presents. Now, no one's actually tweeted any of those in because everyone's having too much fun with the Christmas eleven, of which we've got hundreds. But I just asked you two guys uh, in the studio, Mark first. Of all. Right. If, if Santa Claus is, can reach into his sack, Santa Claus Jensen, Santa Claus away, Jensen, yeah. <laughs> and, and bring out another fifteen meters of roof, because where I, where I sit in, in the covered end of the lower north, every time it rains, I'm wet. I'm wet. I'm wet. I'm wet. So a, a nice twenty meter extension to the roof. Oh. So it came out sort of like halfway across the penalty area would be lovely. And I wouldn't have to sit there with such soggy bottoms. <laughs> oh, no. Very very lovely. <laughs> Tom, Tom, you. Uh, I'd like a certain Norwegian back on loan in January. <laughs> Frederick Elfestad. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. So yeah, if he could bring me that, I'd be yeah. very pleased. Uh, I mean, if uh, if we're all being serious, and we all want to take over. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and promotion. And promotion. Oh, promotion and takeover, Both. please, Santa Claus Jensen. Uh, that is what we want uh, for the new year. Now, uh, the Charlton Athletic Christmas Eleven. We're still we're still waiting on a left winger. So if anyone can help me with that, but I'm going to tell you what we've got so far. So in goal, uh, number one is Darren Rudolph. Uh, playing at right back is Chris Holly. Uh, the number four is Naby Starr. Uh, in uh, the other central defender is Les Berry. Uh, number three is Santony Barnes. Uh, we've got on the wing Ricky Ho Ho Holmes. Of course, there's a place in the engine room for Santa Claus Jensen. Uh, alongside him is Mark Tinsella. Uh, but it's just the uh, the winger, the left wing, is what we need to complete this. And then up top, we've got Martin Jingle uh, instead of Pringle, and of course Deck the Hales. Uh, but there's some plenty of other good uh, suggestions that have come in as well. I'm going to read them out now. Roger Trask has been working overtime on this, so well played that man. But he's got good Christian men daily. <laughs> John Salak, ho, ho, ho. Christmas, Bart Williams. Quite like that one. Uh, Dale St. Stevens. And then we've got from London, Enoch Gears, we've got good King Wesley. Is it Shane Wesley from the Tenant? Do you remember that? Remember him, Mark? I heard him, don't remember him. Yeah, Christmas Perry's in there. Chris Holly. Uh, Alan Pardew in a pear tree. <laughs> Peter Christmas Garland uh, uh, Jason Yulog that's a classic Matt Stolland uh, instead of Matt Holland comes in from Marion St Nicholas Johns number two is that is it uh, the number Johnson two goalkeeper, goalkeeper. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so plenty of others uh, have come in as well uh, Danny Lay says pretty terrible one which I'm glad he's admitting it before I have to say it uh, Lee Nolvac Noelvac oh that is a tough one uh, Brian Haynes had deck the hails again uh uh, David White Christmas up top. We, we talked about the uh, 
the uh, the manager situation. We've gone for Brussels Slade in the end, but it could have been Christmas Carol uh, as well. Jason Yulog's coming a few times. Uh, Jermaine De Ho 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 from Niall Brennan, uh, as well as well as John Joe Elfie instead of John Joe Shelby uh, as well. Santony Barnes is in there. Christmas Pal uh, is in there as well. Uh, Nick Pope. Oh, Nick Pope is in goal would have worked quite well as well. But I think that's pretty much uh, all of them. So I'm going to have to think of a left winger before I go, before I tweet that out. But uh, yeah, thank you for your... The only one I can think of is John Robinson. Oh, there we go. But there's no, the there's no pun. I mean, it's literally just his name. Yeah, so we put Les Berry in. Or Je- Jehome Malone Thomas instead of Jerome Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Jehome Malone Thomas. Uh, or Nathaniel Miller says Jordan Hosako. Hosaka. Oh, Botaka. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with your one. With your one there, Tom. Right, we've run out of uh, of time uh, here on Christmas Live. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this has been actually my last show uh, before the Christmas break. So I hope you all have a, a wonderful Christmas and, uh, and, a, and a happy new year. But there will be a show on Thursday evening when Tom and Nathan and Mark are going to come in and do the last uh, big match preview show uh, of the uh, of the year uh, before Christmas. So Tom's going to be organising the, the party games and whatnot. But anyway, uh, for tonight, Tom, thank you for coming in. Cheers, evening. Louis. Thank you. Mark Newbury, good You're to welcome. have you again in your turkey and uh, hat, which I tweeted <laughs> out from the John Live account. Uh, earlier. So this has been Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. Like I say, my last show before Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas uh, and a happy new year. We'll see you in the ne- in the new year because I'm not doing any shows in between Christmas and new year because I'm busy. Uh, so I'll, I'll see you then. But I hope you've enjoyed it this evening. Let's hope that by the time I'm next sat in the studio, Charlton have won a lot more points than they have in the last few days. I'll see you after Christmas. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.